From the studios of Teeing It Up in Charleston, South Carolina, this is, uh, well, I'm in the swamps in Jersey, <laughs> Luke's in, the, in uh, Charleston. This is Teeing It Up presents the Sunday Sprint, week two of the National Football League schedule. Luke, you've got me laughing even before we press record, um, <laughs> which you have the power to do. Uh, welcome, sir. Um, I, I guess we'll start with this, which is... I hope that no ref uh, and no officiating crew makes the mistake they did in the Penn State game last night by forgetting it down. Um, you know, it's 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 funny when you watch a game at another level that's not the National Football League, and you just wonder sometimes what is the future going to look like. You know, are are we headed towards an entertainment-driven league? in the NFL where you get a college overtime-like scenario. And I think you and I are on the record as saying we both don't like the college overtime situation for the, uh, for the National Football League itself. But it's, it's just funny how you can watch something else and get an idea the same way that Adam Silver has been watching Champions League soccer and thinks that an in-season tournament might be good for the NBA. It's, I don't know. That just interests me. I hate it. I, I hate it. You're not going to get any buy-in, and I'm sorry, but I don't want to watch, you know, Tobias Harris versus, you know, um, Avery Bradley for the win. Like, I'm sorry. That just doesn't interest me. I agree with you. Two quick things about what you said. Uh, number one, I do love the college football playoff for college football, but I hate mm-hmm. how they altered it. And now the third overtime is just uh, like a shootout. Yes. Yeah. Well, part of that was the intentional grounding last night specifically, but still, yeah, it happens. And it's like, what the heck? Um, Speaking of what the heck, the Jets forgot how to cover Christian McCaffrey last week. Uh, Surprise, surprise. I told you that I was not uh, happy with the linebacker situation and the Jets lost him in the first half. That's what probably lost in the game. Now they face Bill Belichick and company. And I'm just not... um, I, I don't know what how to look at Pat's Jets because you would think that a hostile environment, I think this is going to be one of the louder MetLifes uh, in a long time for a Jet home game, would benefit the home quarterback. But you look at Mac Jones and he comes from the SEC. You want to talk about hostile environments, welcome to the SEC. Uh, so that's not a change. 
Um, and it, I would think Belichick's going to keep it nice and easy. I would think that the Jets are going to make some defensive adjustments and give Zach Wilson offensively. He's got Jamison Crowder back. I, I think you'd give him a couple better looks. Uh, not having Mekhi Becton, though, is very worrisome. And last week, Zach Wilson did not have enough time to throw the football and to make the right reads. And he was forced into some situations that were not beneficial. So I think that I think the Jets lose this game purely because Bill Belichick outcoaches Robert Sala, but I don't think either of these teams are doing much of anything of note. Yeah, you know Belichick, like you alluded to, uh, nine and one in his last ten games against rookie quarterbacks. The only loss was uh, last year to, or actually, uh, yeah, last year to Tua. Yeah, uh, snapped the, the winning streak he had. Um, and last week for the Patriots, they really had that game won. It wasn't for some fumbles. Mac Jones played really well. His numbers much better than the quarterbacks that went up against the Dolphins a year ago. His completion percentage like the best in the league. Uh, played really well last week. A little bit different going on the road. Even though he's come from Alabama, he's come from the SEC. I do think the Patriots win, but if I was looking at like that point spread just to try to get a feel of this game, you know, you have a rookie quarterback still making his first road start. I thought the Jets played better as last week went on. So I do think it'll be a close game. Uh, I would take the Jets with the, with the point spread to keep it under six, I think it is a one-possession close game, but I would trust the Patriots, like you said. You're going to give me Belichick over Robert Sala. I think Mac Jones is the better quarterback right now today than Zach Wilson. So I think the Patriots win, but I do think it's going to be a close game closer than maybe Vegas believes today in, uh, in New Jersey. Your Vikings uh, have to travel to Arizona to face uh, Kyler Murray and company. Um, I'll be honest, I did not see most of the Viking game. I can't tell you much about the Viking game. Uh, so you tell me what's going to happen today in uh, Scottsdale, in uh, uh, Glendale specifically. Well, it's a good question, and I don't really know, which is uh, <laughs> typically how it goes with the Vikings. You have no idea what to expect. Last week, uh, I was expecting a win against Cincinnati, and they came out and they committed. I think it was, I lost track. I think it was 13 penalties in the first half, and, and then when they had a chance to win in overtime, Dalvin Cook fumbled, when I, albeit I did think he was down, uh, and I thought they botched it, but still put them in that situation where that even has to be reviewed and fumble the way a win and then the Bengals go down and win the game. So uh, the Vikings very easily could have won that game on the road. They made way too many mistakes uh, for week one. You hope that they get better here moving forward, but now they get a big test in Arizona. This is another one. I always look at the Vegas line to base my feeling off of, and this seems like an opportunity where Arizona looked so good last week against Tennessee. The Vikings lose on the road as a favorite uh, to Cincinnati. And I feel like this could be a little bit of an overreaction. I'm sure the thought is many believe Arizona is going to do the same thing to Minnesota today. But I think that it could be a little bit of an overreaction to what we saw last week. And I do like the Vikings in this spot. The defense looked better last week than it did last year. I think it will get better you know, each week moving forward. And the Cardinals' offense looks really good last week. Granted, on the road right now they're going to be home. But I do think Minnesota's defense will be a lot better than Tennessee's. And I just think the Vikings bounce back this week. I think Arizona well, may play well, but not quite as good last week. Colin Murray had five touchdowns. I don't know if you could count on that each week. And so I think this is a, a bounce-back spot for, for Minnesota today. And it's a big game. They, you potentially could start 0-2. Their schedule does not get much easier. You're on the road against the tough Cardinals team. So that's why last week was big for Minnesota when they had a chance to win a game and they coughed it up. they got to find a way instead today to try to win on the road against Kyler Murray and that offense. What does Kirk Cousins have to do today to make you happy? 
Uh, good question. I mean, I guess he's going to have to try to keep up with Kyler Murray. Uh, last week, and we see this a lot from Kirk, where uh, it depends on the week. Uh, some weeks he just seems out of rhythm, and that was the case last week. They had a couple of good drives where it's like, okay, here we go, but for the most part, or the entirety of the game, the entire offense just seemed out of rhythm, and that starts at the quarterback. Mike Zimmer said at halftime in his little interview, we got to get rid of the ball quicker, and that's always been Kirk Cousins' issue. Uh, he's got to pull the trigger. He's got to take some chances. Right? The interceptions have been down in Minnesota. That's great. But sometimes you got to take a shot every once in a while instead of holding the football, you know, taking a sack instead or then being under pressure and having to throw it away. Sometimes you got to be a little aggressive, take a shot, pull the trigger. Kirk's got to do a better job of getting rid of the football quicker and help out that offensive line. He holds it too long, waiting for, like, the perfect opportunity sometimes. Um, I want to go to Monday night. Is that okay with you? Sure. Because I don't know what's up with Aaron Rodgers. And I feel like we've been having this conversation now for like five years, <laughs> even though it's only been what, like a year? Just weird press conferences. I'm not quite sure what happened last week. I'm not sure if that's like Jameis Winston, you know, uh, spiking it in the end zone. And Green Bay actually is better, but they just came out blah, and New Orleans came out rah-rah, and that's what ended. Like, I don't know, but I will say this. If Jared Goff and company can get their act together and put the Packers in an 0-2 hole, and I get it, traveling to Lambeau on a, on a Monday night is not easy, but oh my, are you going to have some panic. And that is exactly what your Vikings need, is everybody else... In, 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 in that NFC North in a panic. But that was ugly last week. Ugly in Jacksonville. And I don't know how to read Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I hope there's some sort of panic. I hope the Packers look lousy Monday. Everybody in the division lost week one. So while I was, uh, you know, in a terrible mood because Minnesota coughed up a game they should have won, I at least took solace. And, well, we didn't lose any ground. Everybody else is on one. So we're still, you know, we're starting over here. But for Green Bay, yeah, I don't know what last week was either. I was shocked. I thought the Packers, I think I said it out here, I thought the Packers were going to blow out the same. They got blown out. And, you know, some believe it's the idea that Rodgers didn't really take this offseason very seriously. Uh, didn't play in the preseason, so now you show up for the first time, and whether it's rust or just didn't work as hard this offseason, you know, he's got to get back into the blow. Uh, last year, though, remember they lost to Tampa Bay. They played terrible. Rodgers had 107 passing yards, similar to what he did on Sunday. And then he came back the next week against a lousy Texans team and had almost 300 passing yards and a few touchdowns, and they blew out the Texans, and, you know, they got him back on the right path. And I think it's similar here. It's it's hard to doubt Rodgers back-to-back weeks. It's hard to believe that he'll play so poorly back-to-back weeks or that this will just be the new Aaron Rodgers. And who's coming to town? Oh, Detroit. Perfect. On a Monday night at Lambeau. Extra time to prepare. So I think this is the perfect opportunity for the Packers to get right. And I think uh, they hand it to Detroit, take out some frustration that they've been dealing with this past week on Detroit Monday night. But as you said, if they don't, even if they win and it's close, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't look the same, you know, a couple of times you start, it doesn't just become uh, uh, the outlier. It starts to become a habit or the norm if he struggles two, three weeks here to begin the season. And so for all Packers fans, to put them at ease, he needs to have a big game Monday. I think he will, but obviously as a Vikings fan, I'm hoping what we saw this past week does become the norm for Green Bay here moving forward. Tennessee Seattle intrigues me, and not just because Russell Wilson made a guest appearance on Monday Night Football with Peyton and Eli. Um Tennessee is a team that if Buffalo does not do its part to keep progressing in the AFC, could end up 
once again in that AFC title game against Kansas City. And I'm telling you, I if if I have the Titans on the schedule, and I believe the Jets do, uh, that's an L. And my dad and I might be there in a couple weeks inside MetLife to see it. And that's going to be a tough game to win because Derrick Henry will just zap you. Zap you? Zach? Zap you? It will take away all possible possessions you have to get back in the game. Um, this, this, this game is intriguing because I feel like Seattle is on the precipice of being in the playoffs, especially with expanded playoffs. And Tennessee is in the precipice of taking that next step again. So we have two teams on different precipices today. Yeah, how about that? Um, I'm not as high on Tennessee. Uh, I'm not as high on them this year as I was in years past. I think they very well could still win that division because I don't know how good that division is going to be this year. But I think the Titans win fewer games this year. I see them around 9 to 10 wins. Um, and for a couple of reasons. And number one, you know, they've had the same team. They've kept the same team together for the last couple of years. And the windows are only so big. Uh, they've had uh, three straight winning seasons. They've gone to the playoffs in three straight years. haven't really accomplished anything in the postseason. And now this year, trying to run it back, but without their offensive coordinator. And so when I look at this game, you go back to last week. Seattle had a new offensive coordinator last week. The Titans broke in a new offensive coordinator. Seattle was on the road against a team that was in the playoffs last year. They scored a touchdown on three of their first four possessions. Russell Wilson looked really good. Meanwhile, Tennessee at home against a team that did not have a winning record last year, they couldn't score at all. Their offense looked terrible. Ryan Tannehill played poorly. Julio Jones was a non-factor. Derrick Henry looked lousy. And their offensive coordinator is Todd Downing, who was fired after one year in Oakland when they were in Oakland. His only other time as an offensive coordinator, he was a bit of a disaster. So, point being, we're only one week in, but it looks like the Seahawks, Shane Waldron seems to be a good fit with Russell Wilson, throwing it downfield a little bit more. He looks comfortable. First game together, no problem. He can be the better quarterback. Russell Wilson is going to be just fine with anybody playing, uh, calling plays. On the other side, Ryan Tannehill turned his career around with Arthur Smith. Now Arthur Smith is gone. It was week one, a preview of things to come for this offense under Todd Downing. I have a lot of concerns about the Titans. With the overuse of Derrick Henry, without Arthur Smith, is Julio Jones going to get close to 100%? Uh, so I'm down on Tennessee. I think they lose today in Seattle. I believe Seattle's favorite, but like a touchdown. I could see this game getting ugly, especially if Tennessee's offense struggles like it did last week. You get to pick the final game. Oh, well, I think, and there's some good ones. Um, I think you have to go Sunday night football with Chiefs-Ravens and see if Lamar can finally, you know, this is the big measuring stick. Lamar plays so well against everybody. He's got a great record as a starting quarterback, but he's been unable to beat Patrick Mahomes, and now he's down running backs and down defensive backs, and the Ravens aren't at full strength. Does Lamar, does he have something to prove tonight? Can he prove it against Mahomes and the Chiefs? Let me ask you this, Luke. It, from a Kansas City perspective, they 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 let opponents hang around, and then they just bounce and they take care of you. Happened last week against Cleveland. Is this a dangerous formula, or is Andy Reid onto something with Ben? But don't break. It's a dangerous way to play. Now they're obviously so fortunate. Here's Captain Obvious coming in. They're obviously so fortunate that Patrick Mahomes. But it is crazy. Really, Luke? Wow. Yes, Captain. Yeah, yeah, I know. Amazing. That's why you come to this, for this amazing insight. But, um, you know, he's got 39 wins. 
10 of them, he's erased a double-digit deficit, which is absurd, a quarter of his victories. So that's a very dangerous way to win. You're, you're lucky you have Mahomes. Only a couple of quarterbacks can live like that. You're very lucky you have Mahomes who can erase these deficits all the time. We saw it last year, too, where Kansas City, at least in the regular season, didn't seem like the same team. They were playing a lot of close games. They were kind of sneaking out with victories. They did it again in week one. You're not going to blow teams out every week. It's the NFL, but it is a little concerning that for the Chiefs, we see a lot of times they fall into these early holes. And uh, against good teams or certain weeks, you're not going to be able to dig yourself out. Now, tonight is a spot that I think you should take the Ravens as a three-and-a-half-point underdog at home. But it's just so hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes. It's, you throw everything out the window when it's Patrick Mahomes. He's never lost in September. He's 3-0 and against Lamar. All three wins by over a touchdown. And even Andy Reid against his former assistant is 5-1 and one against Harbaugh. Uh, the Ravens had to blitz all night Monday against the Raiders, and Derek Carr lit them up uh, because they cannot rush the passer. Their defensive backfield is banged up. So I can only imagine what Patrick Mahomes could do tonight. Uh, the Ravens, theoretically, you know, on paper, would be the smart betting play as a home dog on Sunday night football like this, but you just can't go against Mahomes. I think the Chiefs beat the Ravens once again, and we come away with uh, still some questions lingering about Lamar Jackson. I want no part of this game from a betting perspective. I am running away from this game if, if I was a better. I am not for the record. Luke, we're getting to the end of our radio program. Aww. I know. Your game of the day. I, I think I got to go with that one. Sunday Night Football, Mahomes, Lamar, two of uh, what we believe to be the better teams in the AFC. You've convinced me. I was going to go elsewhere. You've convinced me. So that's that. Uh, my sleeper game is Dallas and the uh, Los Angeles Chargers uh, for the sole purpose that I think an 0-2 uh, Cowboy team uh, with Jerry Jones saying that he likes pain in an interview this week. I think he's asking for pain. I think he's asking for hate on the radio to motivate him. I think this team will be better if they go to 0-2. To Interesting. I know it's a meandering thought on my part. Not that they're tanking or throwing the game. I I just... Right, right. It was just a really odd comment. Well, yeah, which is uh, par for the course for Jerry Jones. Yes. Uh, That's a good one. I'll go uh, elsewhere, and I'll say the Bills-Dolphins. The big matchup in that AFC East, the Dolphins have a chance to go 2-0. And with that win, even after the tiebreaker, you take an early three-game lead already in the Bills. And, you know, people may start to panic a little bit about Buffalo if they lose to the Steelers and the Dolphins, two pretty good teams to begin the year. Josh Allen has to play better. So I'll say Bills-Dolphins. Your uh, game to watch golf during uh, the Fortinet Championship, final round, 6 Eastern uh, on Golf Channel, final round of the Cambia-Portland Classic, shortened the 54 holes, 3 p.m. Eastern time. Golf Channel. A lot of good golf on Golf Channel today. Um, And for me, I'm sorry, but you cannot get me to watch Atlanta and Tampa. That's going to be a rout for Tampa. An absolute rout. Not even close. 41 to 4. Ooh. 4, did you say? That'll be interesting. 41 to 4. I don't even know how you get to... They get one of those one-pointers for running back a... Extra point or something. Oh, okay. Well, then that'll be worth watching just to see that happen. <laughs> I guess. That's the yeah, That's the second largest point spread. I'm going to go with the largest point spread. The Browns are the largest favorite today. Uh, don't be fooled by what you saw last week by the Texans. This is still a lousy team. Cleveland will be at home after just coughing up a game. Uh, I think the Browns blow out the Texans today. That'll be a game to skip. Um, and finally, your person or player 
to watch today. The segment Luke never preps for. That's true. And since I just kind of alluded to it in the sleeper game, I'm going to go back to the well with Josh Allen. The Steelers only blitzed once last week. They didn't have to blitz. Josh Allen looked like Josh Allen from the first two years. Wildly inaccurate. Looked a little rattled out there. Last year was such a great year for him. It was the biggest step up we've seen from a quarterback one year to the next. So you wonder, was that legitimate? Was that kind of flukish? Plus last year, without the road fans, it was statistically the easiest year to play quarterback in the NFL. A little bit different this year. So I want Josh Allen to, to prove to me that last year was legit and he did not play well against the Steelers last week. Now he goes to Miami and deals with a really good defense there. And the Bills have dreams of winning the Super Bowl. So I want to see Josh Allen play like he did a year ago. The LaFour, the LaFour, the LaFour brothers. I think I'm pronouncing that correct. Oh, um, yeah. Matt LaFour <clears throat> needs to get his Packers squad ready to play. And Mike LaFour needs to get uh, Zach Wilson some better protection without Makai Becton for most of the season. So I'm curious to see how both of those guys respond. Yes. Big test against Belichick today. Indeed. Luke, fun show. Yes, that's a pleasure as always. We will see you next week. Yes, sir. You know you get one more week of the Sunday Sprint this year. It's true. Wow, what a bargain. We're not even charging anymore. I know, crazy. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week.